Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. The FT. Welcome to this edition of World Weekly with me, Gideon Rachman. This week, we look at the Italian elections, which are due to take place on the 24th and 25th of February. Some argue that these are the most important Italian elections for 30 years, since the fate of the entire European single currency could depend on whether Italy can stabilise its economic and political situation. With me to discuss the election are Tony Barber, our Europe editor, and on the line from Rome, Guy Dinmore, our bureau chief in the Italian capital. Tony, uh, do you think it's that important? I think the elections are certainly the most important in Italy since the launch of the euro in 1999, yes. And the reason for that is that the eurozone hasn't yet by any means emerged from the uh, extreme danger that that it was in around the late 2011 until summer of, of last year, 2012. And uh, Italy is absolutely pivotal to the Eurozone's emergence from crisis because of the sheer size of the economy, the size of its debt, and uh, the fact that everything that happens there can have a rebound effect on, on the rest of the Eurozone. Because the outcome is unclear, and yet the most likely result seems to be some sort of coalition government centered on the Italian centre-left parties whose commitment to the kind of economic reforms that would help Italy out of crisis remains uncertain. This election has attracted enormous interest around the world. I would say more interest since uh, any election actually since 1948 when the big battle between Roman Catholicism and and communism was at stake. Uh, Guy, does it feel as dramatic and as important inside the country itself? On that European level, I would say strangely not. It's as if all politics are local, and here the debate is flying around personalities, backgrounds and histories, and sort of concrete issues of who is going to cut taxes the most and who is more determined to cut government spending, uh, issues like corruption. There really isn't a sort of broader European framework, although Mario Monti, the, the technocrat prime minister, of course, prides himself on having restored Italy to some degree of stability last year. Now, you, you mentioned Mr Monti, and certainly, again, to outsiders, the two dominant figures in the election are Monti, the technocrat prime minister, Berlusconi, who has dominated in one way or another Italian politics over the past decade, uh, and yet neither of those two men, I gather, is likely to emerge as the Prime Minister, or is that a misreading? Well, the remarkable thing is that a few weeks ago, Berlusconi's centre-right alliance was trailing the Democrats and the centre-left by between 10 and 15 points. According to the latest opinion polls, that gap has now narrowed considerably. Uh, one yesterday showed it was within the margin of error. And everyone recalls in 2006 how Berlusconi was a long way behind the centre-left government party of the time of Romano Prodi, but when it came to the voting day, he lost nationwide by a mere 25,000 votes. That's 0.1% of the electorate. So the possibility of a 
last-minute Berlusconi comeback on the back of all these tax promises he's making is beginning to really scare the markets. Yes, and Tony, presumably that would go down very badly in Europe. There was almost a feeling that Berlusconi last time round was eased out by Merkel and uh, the German Chancellor and President Sarkozy of France. Yes, I mean, his, his slide to the exit door was started by a, a letter from the European Central Bank sent in the uh, late summer of 2011, which more or less demanded a stronger commitment to economic reform. And uh, the shock that uh, the ECB in Germany in particular felt when Berlusconi promised some reforms and then appeared to renege on them was very profound. And that was when they really wrote him off at that point. And he doesn't have any friends uh, these days in Europe. However, everybody recognises that he is a skillful election campaigner. And beyond that, everyone else around Europe recognises that uh, there is a, a large body of the Italian electorate that wants to vote on the centre-right. And they might not like Berlusconi particularly, but they will hold their noses and vote for his party rather than cast their ballots for the centre-left, which in their eyes still has a certain uh, association with uh, communism or, or unpatriotic activities. Berlusconi is still able to capture that conservative feeling in the country. Now, the time will eventually come when you have a different kind of centre-right, but at the moment it hasn't appeared, and that's why he's still an electoral danger, even though, uh, as Guy says, his alliance won't, I don't think, be top of the list, at least in the uh, lower house vote. I, I mean, obviously, with two weeks left, uh, the outcome's still extremely open. But if uh, international confidence has been restored to some extent by the technocratic policies, the austerity policies and structural reforms pursued by Mario Monti, is it conceivable that any outcome will we'll see those policies continue? Or is, whether it's the centre-left or Berlusconi, are they all going to dial back to some extent on the prescribed path um, as set out by the European Commission? Well, I think if the, the centre-left Democrats win and possibly have to form a coalition with Mario Monti's centrist in order to get a majority in, in both houses of parliament, then I think that coalition would certainly not roll back the reforms. I don't think there's much danger of a reversal of reforms. It's more a question of whether they can press ahead with some of the urgent things that still need to be done, such as increased labour market flexibility, liberalisation of, of goods and services, reform of the judiciary. These are all the themes that, that Mario Monti is, is hammering on about. But there's strong resistance from the left wing of the Democrats and also their separate left wing allies to these sorts of moves. So it really depends on, on the outcome of the vote, whether Mario Monti's party has a decisive block of seats in the Senate that can hold a good negotiating position, or whether, in fact, the centre-left might end up with just a few votes short of a majority. Talking, though, of a catastrophic scenario um, in which Berlusconi would have enough seats in the Senate um, to deny a majority to the Democrats, even if they were in alliance with Mario Monti. Tony, I mean, can Italy, to some extent, afford a period of instability now? As you said, at this time last year, people were talking about them being unable to fund their debts in the markets. Since then, there has been a restoration of confidence. Uh, bond spreads have come down. Uh, if, if there was this period of, of instability, would we necessarily be looking at going straight back to crisis? 
Not necessarily, for sure. Everything depends on the mood in the financial markets. Uh, you have had a period of relative calm ever since uh, the ECB president, Mario Draghi, announced the central bank's willingness to uh, defend the euro and the integrity of the eurozone at all cost. That was uh, in late summer last year, and the markets believed him. And, and so, since then, you've had a period of calm and Italian bond yields, like Spanish bond yields, come down. However, in the last few days, there have been signs of some nervousness uh, associated with the party political corruption scandal in Spain and with the sense in the markets that the Italian election might not produce uh, a result conducive to serious economic reform in Italy. So there is a risk, I think, that uh, you, you will see more turbulence in the financial markets in coming months. And what is important in this context is that uh, Germany is unlikely to support uh, far-reaching steps to economic integration in the next seven or eight months because there is a German election coming up in September or October. So that combination of German passivity and potential turbulence on the financial markets, if coupled with an inconclusive Italian elections result, I think uh, could produce some rather hairy moments in, in the next few months. Guy, just give us a sense of the economic backdrop in Italy, because some people say, well, it's not that surprising if Italians turn against uh, the medicine being prescribed by Mr Monti and, and Brussels, because the economic outlook is pretty grim and there's not much of the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel. Well, no, there isn't really. This recession has now been going on for well over a year and a half. It's the longest since the Second World War. It already went through a very deep recession in, in 2008, 2009. Unemployment, especially amongst young people, is soaring. The number of bankruptcies is, is very high. Um, people's purchasing power, consumer confidence are down. No, the, the mood in the country is, is certainly very, very grim, and, and this explains why Berlusconi still holds this attraction when he promises to abolish a very unpopular property tax imposed by Mr. Montier and even to refund people the amount of tax they had to pay on that last year. Okay, well, just just to conclude then, if I could ask both of you uh, to look a bit into your crystal balls, uh, Tony, of course, we all know we're going to be things can be falsified very easily, but if you had to guess what the Italian situation would look like in a month's time, two weeks after the elections, what do you think we'll be looking at? I well, having covered the uh, 2006 election in in Italy, which was incredibly close, with the counting uh, still going on into the early hours of the Tuesday morning after the vote, which was mostly held on the Sunday, I really am loath to make predictions. But if you held a, a Beretta to my head, I would say you you will have a left of centre government if if there is complete paralysis after the election it's just possible that uh, you might have to have a second election uh, as happened in greece last year but but i i think probably a government um, led by the center-left democrats but i'm concerned that the impulse for serious continuing economic reform might not be there guy do you share broadly that prognostication i, I think i do i think pierluigi bersani the leader of the democrats will probably squeak in still and become Italy's next Prime Minister. Probably he will be forced into very difficult negotiations with Mario Monti on a coalition government, but I think it's quite possible that tensions within that coalition and within the, the Democratic Party, which has really lurched to the left in the, in the last months, 
could lead to an early collapse of the government and perhaps we'll be having this same conversation in a year's time. All right, well, at least we'll, we'll all still be uh, gainfully employed then. So thank you very much, Guy Dinmore in Rome. Thanks also to Tony Barber here in London. Until next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.